Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers. There's always so much to discuss. Let's jump right in. It's LA Clips Forum. It's LA Clips Forum with Jesse and Brian. Welcome to the LA Clips Forum. My name is Brian Andrew. I am here with a special guest, NBA podcast legend, Clayton Stevens. How are you doing? I'm well, dude. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, I feel really good after that game. Yeah. It, like, I'll admit, this is probably the second time this season that we went into a Lakers-Clippers game where I felt like the Lakers had all the momentum in the world and the Clippers were just flat. And then we yep. came up with a with a victory. It, yeah, it, no, for sure. And on that note, I just wanted to get it. Here we go. Let's open one up. Oh, there we go. Good job, Clippers. Cheers to you guys. I know oh, a big, big win tonight, big win tonight. And obviously we'll get to uh, everything going on with the game, but we knew going in that the Lakers obviously coming off a overtime game last night in mm-hmm. Utah, we're at a yeah. severe disadvantage on rest, but we also know the standings implications of this game, especially considering the Lakers tiebreaker situations. This was a pretty gigantic game for them so they they went all out and uh they played like it so it, it was a good game yes i can't think i can't think of another clippers lakers game with this much on the line ever yeah i it's probably the most hyped game in history uh the only time i could think of us getting somewhat close is two times which was in 06, the Lakers and the Suns were in game seven, and the winner of that was going to face the Clippers in the second round. Yeah, that would have been the biggest. Yeah. Sure. And then in the bubble, we were meant to meet with the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, but obviously we know yeah, how that went. Uh, yeah, I would say to this point, really, it was sort of the um, the first Kawhi-Paul George game versus the Lakers, um, right. which I believe was opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 that was probably the biggest game that the Lakers had played and the, or the Clippers had Lakers had matched up there was the Christmas game with the um, Pat Bev thing, yeah, yeah. Um, but those were like narrative games like this had for real playoff implications right like this like this could change everything for both of these teams obviously still a couple games to go so it's not settled but right. this was a huge um both fan bases felt like they had to have this game. So this that was, was fun. This was basically like a play-in to the play-in game. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Like, loser was going to probably be sent to the play-in, and then the winner was going to probably get a top six seed. Now, obviously, yeah, you said there's two games left, but those are toss-ups based on what other teams are sitting players. Like, the Blazers already gave up on the season, but who's to say we wouldn't? also give up on the season at that point and just like not play everybody some, in that game right, there's gonna be some ju- i mean it, it's gonna depend on the first game plays out i think right because yeah. there's a ways it can go where i think because we have the tiebreaker over the lakers and the warriors more often than not i think we end up as the five seed just right. because one of those teams isn't going to be able to pass us to get to the fifth seed. Um, yeah. I think the ideal version basically is like 
I don't know if I have this right, but in my brain, it's like we tie with the Lakers and the Warriors finish one game ahead of us. That yeah. gives us the six seed, gives the Warriors the five seed, makes the Lakers the seven seed um, yeah. going into the playing tournament. Obviously, they could end up seven or eight after that. And then that would give us the Kings. And um, I was talking to some people today and I was like, I think if Paul George had to miss a round, I would rather have him miss a round against the Kings just because, yeah, I mean, you know. It's, it's honestly no disrespect because... I I really respect the Kings. I, I think they're a really good team. And I, I don't think it's like, you know, you're just choosing a lesser of two evil situation, right? Yeah. Um, like the year that the Clippers did tank to get the Mavs in the first round, that wasn't like we love the Mavs. It mm-hmm. just felt like that was a better path to getting further in the playoffs. And it actually worked. Just, I, I think it's a funny thing. I've noticed a lot of podcasts and different things talking about that and using it as a reason why it didn't work and it's like well they got to the western conference finals and Kawhi got hurt so like yeah it actually did work like the plan of getting the better seating actually mattered so if they can manipulate it on the last day i think they will and they should right but you just have to play out the next game because you can't you can't know what the other teams are going to do yeah you don't want to put it up to chance with that with that Sunday game, you, you it's either you go out there, you win it, and if you end up with the fifth seed, you accept your fate. Exactly. But if the Warriors and the Lakers already kind of um, have their playoff situations determined by then, then then you could kind of play dance with the devil a little bit there and yeah. get the sixth seed if you want. Yeah, because I mean, worst case, you know, like I said, if it comes down to the last game and the you're essentially tied with the Warriors. You might as well try and lose, I guess, right? And hope that they win. And they'll yeah. probably try and lose. That's the truth. They they will. They will. I guarantee yeah. it comes down to like one, the, the last game, and they're trying to get that six seed. They're going to try and lose that game. They're going to put out the worst possible lineup they can put out and just hope that they can get it. And so will the Clippers. But as we know from years past, like that tactic just sometimes guys go out there and just win a game for you there's nothing yeah. you can do about it um daniel Turu almost screwed us out of our <laughs> conference finals <laughs> right like, yeah like absolutely because i'm sure the warrior like you said no disrespect to the kings and it's not like the kings would be an easier matchup in the first round of the playoffs it's the you know playing in sacramento has got to be extremely tough especially if you have to do it four games out of the seven and it's a younger team, and and they're they're one of the best offensive teams in the West. On the flip side, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the West. And yeah. well, obviously, there's worse teams, but in terms of playoff teams, they're one of the worst playoff teams. Right in terms of the Suns or the King, because we're not talking about all sixteen teams in each. Con- yeah. You know, like this, it it is what it is. We're at the four seed, or, or we're at the five seed, or the six seed. So yeah. we have a choice. I think we would all choose the six seed, but I, I, I am not penciling that in as like, oh, the six seed is the easy path. I, I think it would be probably, I'm with you, about equally as hard to get by them without Paul George. Yeah, um, I, I do think that the games have an opportunity to be more even without Paul George against the Kings than they probably do against the Suns. I feel like our team, even the way it is, is a little deeper than the Suns right now. But 
they're such a top heavy team. And if everyone's healthy on the Suns, it's it's basically gonna be Kawhi versus a three headed monster. Yeah, and like Kawhi played, I got the box score pulled up here. Tonight, Kawhi played 42-56, so he basically played 43 minutes tonight. That's going to be the Suns' plan going mm-hmm. forward, obviously, once the playoffs start. Kevin Durant's going to play as close to the entire game as, as they can possibly get away with, and probably Booker as well. Um, and yeah. I don't think they need 40 minutes out of Chris Paul because of adding KD. So I think right. that they'll be able to manage that well. Um, and, and they're scary, but but here, look, to bring it back to tonight, the reason why I'm scared of the Kings, you saw when like the Lakers tonight, when the three ball was going down, um, because they, they started pretty cold, you know, yeah. uh, to, to give them some credit. And then they came back and, and they locked down defensively and they got out in transition and it got them going and it got their shooters going. And they kind of got on a little run on us twice, really. I mean, the second one, the referees, the, the, the second one was nothing. But the first, mm-hmm. the first one that they went on where they cut it down to seven, that yeah. one was, that's why the Kings scare me. Because what the Lakers were doing to them, getting out, gunning, Mm-hmm. You're going to miss threes at times. You know, guys like Nico Batum are going to go cold. They're going to miss threes occasionally. Yeah. Some threes, all of a sudden, transition, a little momentum. And the Kings, they really thrive off of that. That's their kind of entire identity. Um, right. Obviously, like I said, the one sort of difference here is that the Lakers, they're more of a defensive team that gets them out in transition. Yeah. The Kings, like, even off of a make, that's what, the two things I noticed the, in the last two games we played them off a of make. They are at half court, you know, one second to the shot clock. Like they are just, they relentlessly push the ball forward. And we are an old team, um, generally. Uh, Bones Highland, who we should talk about, um, oh, not standing. But that, that's why they scared me. And that's what, that was the, the Lakers' best plan of attack tonight. But they probably didn't have the legs to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And going back, this might be thinking too far ahead, but using the the sample size of since we've got bones and since Paul George went down with his injury, we've seen a lot of bones. Yeah. If we don't bring Russell back next season and we don't make a big splash by getting like Damian Lillard or something, Bones is making his case to be the starting point guard next season. I know that's 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 looking too far ahead. I, I but. It's he, not, facil- he facilitates, it's not. he scores, he's everything I think Ty Lue would love in his offense. He's everything Kawhi and Paul George have been asking for. His, defensively, he's not very strong, but his defensive awareness is better than I think he gets credit for. I He needs to play in the playoffs, no matter, even when Paul George comes back. Like, I, but- I completely agree. I mean... Th- I've been high on Bones, like going into the draft, he was someone I really like wanted the Clippers to get just because the shooting, right? Like that's the thing that's always attracted to me about his game is just like this guy, at worst case, he is an insane three-point shooter. That's the mm-hmm. one thing he's done consistently. Um, and off the dribble threes, which are the hardest threes to make, and he makes them at a really high clip. Um, so that's really exciting. And getting to see him now every day and sort of watch every possession of him i'm actually a lot higher on him than i was even before because like you said like 
if you can create offense at that high of a, a clip, and especially from three, especially mm-hmm. creating off the dribble threes, because like the space that that creates for a guy like Kawhi, when you have someone who's a threat to pull up at any second off the dribble, we yeah. haven't had that on, on this team and at all in the Kawhi era. You know, right. Reggie Jackson at moments when he's hot, which were which were really beneficial to this team. So, um, I saw Bones as like a six man. That's kind of what I saw him as yeah. from the outside. Um, you know, sort of watching him in Denver, I thought this guy's sort of a Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, six man type. And now I kind of think he's like, I think he's a starting point guard on a playoff team. Like I yeah. don't see why he couldn't. And like, when we're talking about defense, okay, we all uh, Clipper fans, especially this season have been super on the, the Dame train, right? I love Dame. We all love Dame. He's yeah. a phenomenal player, but like, do we talk about his defense? His defense okay. stinks. His defense oh. stinks. Like nobody talks Absolutely. about it. But Damian Lillard is not a good defender, and it's mostly because of his size and, and all of that. I'm I'm not saying he doesn't give effort and he can't at times, you know, guard his position. But Bones actually has the length and I think ability to possibly be like not a plus defender, but like a, a guy who can fit into a switching system. And that yeah. really excites me. And I, I've seen it with Russ as well. It's it's not like they're excellent defenders, but you could tell they're actively trying to get the ball back in transition or actively trying to get the ball back on the Clippers. Right. Like so they can have another offensive possession. Does it always work? It doesn't. But like not I'm not I'm not gonna go on this podcast and start like crapping on former Clippers, but like you know Reggie would just die on screens and he would try his best to you know be a, a good switchable defender at times. But Bones, Russ, even Eric Gordon, like they're actively trying on defense to put their hands in passing lanes and affect the ball movement on the other end. Does it always work? No. Sometimes are they caught like sleeping on the other end of the court? Yeah, but. You could just see the difference with what, like, defensively with this team, with this different guard rotation we have now. Yeah, I I agree. And, like, I think one thing that, like, is just super underrated about the way that they went at the trade deadline, like, the Eric Gordon thing, it's tough to swallow, I I guess, like, maybe going forward. I understand why fans weren't for it. But when you think about what Reggie was good at, Eric Gordon is way better than him at the same thing. Spot up threes from way further distance, by the way, which Mm -hmm. are insane and such an, again, amazing spacing element for this team. And then he would occasionally have these hot streaks of being hot off the dribble and getting to the cup. You've basically Mm -hmm. replaced him with bones. So yes, it's kind of like, there was this period, especially in that Utah series where Reggie was kind of like both of those guys, you know, like he really was shouldering that sort of load. But I think going forward consistently, like Bones can give everything that Reggie was giving and more. Mm-hmm. And the addition of Eric Gordon, if we have the right playoff matchup, he's going to be a menace for other teams to to scheme against because like, once he st- we saw in the first quarter, like 
he's a nightmare if he makes two or three threes. It just completely changes the dynamic of the game. He made three threes, and then all of a sudden the Clip- Clippers went up by twenty points. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't just because of him making those threes. It was the result of now the Lakers were absolutely scrambling. And then in the third quarter, when they couldn't generate open threes anymore, suddenly their defense was super locked in and able to get stops, right? Right. Yeah, like, when it comes to the playoffs, I do feel like we can't play too much of both Norm and Eric Gordon. I do feel like it's going to be... a, who's having the better game slash series? Maybe it's a matchup dependent thing, like you mentioned. Look, because like if you're trying to slow the game down and you're trying to, you know, I think Norm is a really good player to have on your team. He slows the game down. He tries to get to the line. Sometimes he does it a little too much. And then, but if you're trying to space the court, Eric Gordon spaces the court a lot better than Norman Powell does. Yeah, he, you know, he just sits back twenty five feet and he's just gonna let it rip. And to to get to to your point too bones also does that he just sits five to six feet behind the three-point line basically either a he's gonna let it rip or c he's gonna catch a defender slipping and get past him and then find zoo or mason plumley on the block or he's just gonna straight up reset the offense (laughs) because everything's just falling apart and, yeah, and like what what it was like with like Reggie and or like John Wall or going back to Rondo, they yeah. didn't sit back five to six feet behind the three point line because you know the defense wouldn't respect that. Well, they all. might, but nobody gives a shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and to Russ's credit, some some defenses do give him a lot of space, but what I like, he doesn't just like sit there and just pound the rock the entire time. He actually does try to figure something out. He catches like, you know, what the difference between what I feel like LeBron was doing today and what Draymond did when they play the Warriors is like Draymond had the defensive awareness to like crowd the paint and make it difficult for Russ to find anyone down there, find the open person. Whereas LeBron, I feel like was just watching Russ from like 15 feet away. And yeah. it was just four on four. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, and I, I do feel like Russ could see things a little better. Um, I got to give credit to Ty for benching Russ in the second half. Um, yeah. That that's not really Ty's MO. Like I'll, I'll admit the last episode, I did. Uh, it was basically just crapping on Ty Lu, and then Ty, and then the interview that Ty Lu did, uh, literally dropped like an hour or two after we released that episode. And- uh, look, man, you you're not wrong. Like that, yeah. that's the thing. It's just like Ty Lu's had a bad season. I, I yeah. don't know how anyone could argue otherwise. Like he just has, and like you know, he can believe in his philosophy, and like we can sit here and argue all day because like. I'm not going to say that you and I know basketball better than Ty Lue. Like he has his philosophies, his opinions of what works and what doesn't, but just flat out the results aren't there. It doesn't back it up, you know, and and he knows that and and the team knows that. So like he's sort of just putting his neck out there in a very interesting way. Um, And and just kind of being like, this is who I am, like live with it or not. Yeah. (laughs) I get it because like he could kind of like he could bend to their thing, but that's not what he believes in. So he's just going to go down with what he believes in, apparently. Um, 
but you're right. I mean, like tonight was like kind of a vintage Tyloo game because he treated like, it like a playoff game. Westbrook had just under 21 minutes, 20 minutes, 55 seconds. Like Terrence, who felt like he had like a long short leash, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he was given these long stretches, but then kind of like cut out at times. But then right. I looked at the box score, he had 19 minutes tonight. So like, if you're telling me that Westbrook and Terrence are kind of like giving you 40 minutes of point guard between those two, I feel pretty good about that, to be honest. I feel like yeah. both of those guys give you that same sort of energy. And if you can figure out the right moments to put them in there, then, you know, but that's the problem is that Tyler just hasn't had his finger on the pulse of this team. I've been saying that all year. Like yeah. he's he's been doing the thing where like something happens in the game and then there's that moment where like the coach has to look at somebody on the bench and be like, you're the guy to fix it. Like, I need mm-hmm. you to go in there and do something. And most of the time, you know, through his tenure here, the Clippers, he's had a really good job of doing that, being like, Luke, come in. Like, I need you right now. But this year, it was like every guy he called on, it would just be the wrong guy. They'd go down right. like five more, and then he'd call another timeout. It just felt like he never had his pulse on who to play. And then there's been these games in the last few weeks where once in a while he shows this type of game oh, where yeah. he is sort of playing like you said more of a playoff style more of a, a what we've been accustomed to the way he's played over the last few years in the interview too he did once uh, i think it was um fred taylor who asked this something about like the playoffs he he mentioned like where the clippers were in the standings and then mentioned the playoffs to lou and then lou basically said well, when it comes to the playoffs, I like my chances. And he just left it like that. And for some reason, after spending at least a couple months of not believing anything Tyler has ever said, for some reason in that moment, I was like, I believe him. I, I believed that he has something up his sleeve for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then he would, sh- like you said, he would show it in some of these games. And then the last weekend happened. And I'll admit, I was in Peco on one of those days. I was at WrestleMania the other I didn't really care what was going on with the Clippers, but I I could tell based on what was going on Twitter, you know, Ty Lue was extremely upset with, I think, the Kawhi game where Kawhi just left in the second half so he could play the back-to-back yeah. game, and then they ended up just losing both games. And it I, there is moments where I'm like, I could point to something and be like, you know what, Ty Lue... It's it's not all on Ty Lue. It's just like, you know, the Clipper season has basically just been like, what different thing this week can we point at as a reason why we're going against the Lakers in a pivotal game this late in the season when we all feel like we shouldn't be here? Yeah. Like, like it, it's kind of, it's more annoying for us as fans that this has to be the most important game in Laker Clippers history because this should just be a regular game for us and it should be the Lakers fighting to be in the playoffs, but we should already be set and secure. And I don't know. There's moments where I feel like Lou just wants to walk away after the season. And there's moments where I'm like, Lou is Phil Jackson out there. And all he's, and I, I've said this on the pod before, or it's like, it's not, I'm not even expecting him always to have the best X's and O's strategy for every game. I just want you to put the right guys in and, and see what happens. Like, it's like, yeah, what, what? I, I would I, I I would like to see the team move on from him, honestly. Like I, I I'm 
don't like to be that guy who's like calling for someone but it's like he doesn't seem like he's enjoying it um i really think this team could use like a refresh um they've done a good job i will say like the front office has done a good job of like bringing in these guys the last couple of years that like sort of revive the roster a little bit you know mm-hmm. like obviously the last year the roco norm deal and then this year getting bones um and also our g league team is also like surprisingly good mm-hmm. um and has been kind of promising so um I just would like to see them keep moving in that direction. And that just feels like the opposite of Ty Lu. I just don't think he's going to be a fit for what I I'm hoping, at least as a fan, I'm hoping that they're leaning more towards like youth movement and, and being like, this is our chance to, to have upside, like bringing in more veterans, going more deep into that. I just think has a chance to really backfire where, at least if you try this sort of like, I know people hate on the Warriors to mm-hmm. what, what people calling it, the like, you know, two different paths sort of thing. Like, you know, have James Wiseman, but also have Steph Curry. I don't think they need to go that extreme. They don't need the number two pick in the draft. I'm just talking about having a focus on the roster, be youth upside and like development and yeah. just kind of placing Kawhi into that. Because I think, what we've learned through this like Kawhi tenure is like you can't count on him to be your like foundation in a way you want you want to add Kawhi to a really good mix and I think the only way you're going to get that is through some like internal development if that if that makes sense and I think like there's a lot of guys that I think could be moved on like I don't foresee Westbrook coming back personally I think Norm Powell has a really good chance to be moved um yeah you know with this rise of bones so like I, I think this roster could be pretty different with a brand new coach next year but that's of course like if they go on some magic run they go on a magic run yeah like i think the prediction is always that, been that, like, we can't count that yeah. out that's possible if, if they if they end up getting knocked down in the first round of the playoffs there's a good i would say there's a above a 50 percent chance tyloo moves on but mm-hmm. if they if they go to the Western Conference Finals with everything they've dealt with this season, then they're gonna think Ty Lue is some kind of uh, spiritual genius, and they're gonna rock with him again. There's a lot of expiring contracts, and yeah. since uh, I don't know if it starts next year, but like if the Clippers can't use an MLE because they're so far above the tax, then all you could do is ride with these second round draft picks that you're gonna get. Well, yeah, exactly. That's really true. And also, like, you're more incentivized in this new CBA to get second round guys because you're going to be able to pay them more than you were before, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, one thing I, I, I uh, heard about this uh, on the low post they were talking about was basically like there would be guys who would go like undrafted mm-hmm. because it actually made them more money than being a second round pick locked into the team that drafted you. So you would ask if you were at the very end of the second round, right? Like you're one of the last 10 picks. You actually might ask the team, like, can you not draft me? Because then you could go work out for a bunch of teams. You could pick your team. Right. You're not beholden to the second round contract, which is like very restricting on the player. So, and the Clippers have actually like 
gained a lot of second round picks. I know they just sent out a few this last um, deadline, but unknowingly that was really smart because second round picks are going to be worth way more going forward now. Like they're really going to matter. And they're they're basically going to have the Milwaukee Bucks pick coming up. So they basically yeah, have, have an early pick in the draft. So they're gonna have like they're gonna have the early they're gonna basically have an early second round pick caliber player with that selection. So, but yeah, I think next year you get rid of most of these expiring contracts. You try to bring in another star, maybe using some draft picks or so. You you not saying it's gonna work or not. Even then, you might still consolidate some of those expiring contracts into just different players, like you said, maybe a, a younger movement of sort. But yeah. like players like Brandon Boston, Bones, um, Musa, Musa Diabate, those players, based on if they do decide to ship all these expiring contracts out, they're gonna be the second unit next year, right? And Amir Coffee if they don't trade them. So yeah, especially if they get a third star, right? Like if we're talking about like Bradley Beal or someone like that, like some like huge contract dude, like you are mm-hmm. going to be relying on Brandon Boston because Terrence Mann is gonna be gone. Yeah. Uh, you might have to trade Powell for that. Even, like yeah. you're gonna lose all of your depth in, yeah. in a trade like that, um, just to match the salary. And again, like we don't know when each part of this CBA kicks in. We're not 100 percent sure, so it's definitely weird for the Clippers right now, who are like, this this CBA was absolutely a fuck you to them and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Just like you're not doing this to us anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, the Warriors signed Dante DiVincenzo with the taxpayer mid-level last year. Like, and, yeah, tell we, me that wasn't an impactful signing. Are you kidding me? And and what we did was get uh, Justice Winslow and uh, John Wall for our last two. <laughs> so it's like... Justice Winslow was important because, like, he was a big salary in that Norm Powell deal, right? Like to get back a player who like they were higher on than the league was on his contract that that actually was important um to, to get that deal done but i mean yeah i mean i think they thought the same thing with john wall i think they thought they were gonna be able to trade him honestly yeah. i think they yeah. thought like damn like six million dollars for john wall like if he's any good we should be able to get something back for him but he ended up yeah partnering any value even though i don't even think he played that bad i think just the league there wasn't a spot for him that really made sense and the league was just like like what team was gonna get john it just never made sense for any team like even though he's not that bad and i think he could end up on a team this summer um there was just nobody who was gonna give up anything for him so that was a big miss by the clippers for sure right like even then, like why would you give up like a second round pick or something? You know, you but, wouldn't. You just like it's not worth it. Yeah, I, I, I guess it helped the Rockets get uh, get off of Eric Gordon's contract. Get off yeah. of Eric Gordon's contract. Right. So I, like, guess. I think they hoped that like like Patrick Beverly in Chicago, like they were hoping like some team would need a point guard, mm-hmm. and John Wall could get them back. Even yeah, like a second round pick or two, or like a a different type of player, maybe a backup big or something like that. But he just ended up being completely negative value. And yeah, I mean, we were able to take back Eric Gordon. That mattered. But So so how high are you on the Clippers right now? Basically with the playoffs. I'm pretty low. Uh, I'm pretty low on them, to be honest. Like, um, I just, I hear what you're saying about Ty Lue. I just think he's had such a bad season that like, I'm just not really at the point where I trust in him to do the right 
things and and be that guy on the margins when it matters the most. Uh, I'm concerned about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just an an age to this roster and, and sort of a, a I don't know. I just have that feeling about them that isn't great, honestly. But I, I'm open to the idea. I mean, Kawhi is so good. That's what mm-hmm. keeps me coming back. Is like right. every game I just see Kawhi, I'm just like. But he's him. Yeah. <laughs> you they're, know, like, you know, yeah. like anytime he laces them up, basically, I feel like we have a chance. So like I'm not like I wouldn't count them out of any series. Dead serious. I, I including the Nuggets. I would not count them out. I'm not saying I would pick them or that it would be smart to pick them, but I'm saying I couldn't count them out of any series. But I also don't feel like I can count on them to win any series right now. I feel I feel like with this whole season and just being a Clippers fan in general, with like for however long we've all been Clipper fans, being skeptical, being pessimistic is the baseline. It's the foundation. It's yeah. all you could do now is although you you probably wouldn't put money on them, you could at least watch the games and be hopeful. <laughs> like I think that's where it's at like for example if like um the paul george thing you know it's been two weeks since he got hurt by the time the playoffs start if they don't play a playing game it will be about three and a half weeks and he's supposed to be reevaluated on the third week so i don't know that extra half week or if he if they survive the first round then he comes back maybe five weeks after the injury who knows? Like maybe I, I it's the most BS way we we get through things, but yeah, I mean, look, if everything is as they say, because like even today, um, I think it was someone at yeah, it was someone at, at two and three over there was was saying something about like, um was saying something about the injury and you know we're going to learn a lot when this reevaluation period happens and i was just like i hate that i can't trust this team and that i have no belief in what they say so like when they say paul george can be reevaluated in two to three weeks i honestly take that as like minimum six yeah (laughs) like i don't know it's just like they never are straightforward with this shit and even like of course, the most obvious one is like Kawhi, right? Like Kawhi tears his ACL. We hear he's like day to day. He like boards a flight, mm-hmm. you know. And then we hear, oh, if they make it to the next round, like he might play. Like and then they're fucking said- liars. This this organization lies through their teeth constantly, and like it's in their best interest to have people thinking that Paul George is okay, and like it, he yeah, it, you know. It, it, so like until I hear like. Paul George is going to return. He's ramping up. I'm skeptical that he will play at all this year. Like that's just that's where I'm at. Yeah, it would be I remember last year when both were hurt. Um every podcast, every media person, every person on Twitter, even like just even people who are outside the Clippers fan base would watch these random like practice videos and see if they could spot anybody in the back and seeing what they're working on, see if they're doing anything. And I remember the Kawhi uh, shoot around in Golden State. Like it was just like this big, huge thing. I'm like, he's having a shoot around at a visitors' arena, and he's looking good. Oh, he might come back, and he just we never got far enough to figure it out if he if he would. 
Yeah. And it, with the Paul George thing, though, the one I know this is going to sound silly. The one thing that gives me a little bit more hope is that he has his own podcast now. And I feel like if the Clippers are not transparent, then he would certainly be transparent on it. Mm. <laughs> so, and yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He's been, I mean, he's been, yeah. he's made some headlines with a couple of his podcasts being like maybe a little too honest, which is the Paul George way, right? So I don't think at this point, especially if you're trying to sell playoff tickets or even Paul George, maybe he he himself wants to believe he'll come back even if he doesn't. So yeah. I right now, I don't think he would say anything, but I do think once we have a decent idea, we'll probably have a, an honest answer, at least out of Paul George, even if the Clippers don't give us one. Um, I'm skeptical of that honesty because like even even tonight you saw the Lakers do this, and this is such a Ty Lue, such a Clippers move too. It's just like LeBron and AD are like game time decisions. Mm-hmm. Even though you fucking know that they're going to play like it's the biggest game of the season for them but they're gonna like play coy they're gonna play like there's a chance that maybe they're not you know they're gonna put out all they can to their big reporters like you know that overtime last night really made it unlikely like i just feel like the clippers and paul george it's in everyone's best interest to have people believing he can come back not saying it's not possible. I'm not. I, I don't disagree that there there isn't a chance. But I know that like whatever they say, I'm taking with a big grain of salt because it's in everyone's best interest to think that Paul George is coming back. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the like for me personally too with like baseball season coming back and stuff like that. It's like if you if the Clippers really want me to be invested in the rest of this run, then I I have to think at the back of my head. Paul George is going to come back at some point yeah, because they're yeah. not going to get too far without it. Right. Yeah. So if, and if you're in the Clippers have a hard time selling tickets as is. So like, if you're trying to sell tickets to a first round playoff matchup, you got to give the fans a, like, okay, well, Paul George might not play the game that I'm going to, but if they just get through this, then he might play the next round and then we have a chance at a championship. Right. Like yeah. this isn't the Kings, whereas the Kings are like, they're just happy to be there. And then they'll go as far as they go. Yeah. Us, we have it's like it's championship or bust. And if there's no championship in the equation, then people are not going to go. And so I think that's. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah. I agree with you. There's just too much incentive for the Clippers to like have anyone believing that there's any reason that he, he can't come back. I mean, you know, the, the, there was a report that I hadn't seen actually before from Andrew Greif, who like actually reported from the team that there was not ligament damage. Um, so that's actually like weirdly big. Like, I don't know why mm-hmm. that wasn't a bigger thing. Like, and like the tweet didn't even go hard. Like it had like 60 likes on it or something. Right, I was like, oh, yeah. It's weird. Like this kind of went under the radar, but that's actually kind of huge news if like, because, you know, they said a sprain, right? Which a sprain is like a tear of a muscle. So, yeah. like, when you say sprain, like, it always sounds less bad than break. But, like, sprains are really tricky because it because it is a tear of the muscle. Mm-hmm. But to say that there isn't ligament damage in his knee or, you know, that area, that means, like, it probably was, like, a grade one sprain, maybe grade two at the worst. Which, like, then the timeline actually starts to feel like maybe he could come back by the second round if you really make it there. Because I would think, like, ramp up would probably start 
start around the playoffs or the play in. Like I think yeah. a couple weeks from now, he would probably start the like practice, get on the court. You know, I mean, they probably have like because the G League season's over. Um, they probably have a good group of guys like Musa and Brandon who can go like play with him and get him back in shape. But I mean, as far as we know, he's not, not touching a basketball right now. So like, yeah, what we, don't, we, don't, about, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And they're, I was, I was thinking about today. I was like, it could be in three weeks or not in three weeks, but next week, which would be the third week. Yeah. If it comes back and it's medically not ready, then yeah, he's not gonna come. He's probably not gonna come back this season at all. But yeah. if it's a comfort thing, I really do think Paul George, even if it's against, oh, if we get if we get the update like he's playing, he's ramping up, like he's trying to come back, then mm-hmm. I think the second round is super like in play, like absolutely, and like that could be enough to get like even. I mean. <laughs> if he is healthy enough even to give the like faith that he could come back, it would be a huge shot in the arm for the team. I think like that could propel them past the first round. Just that alone. Like if, like if we know like, Hey, this guy's trying to come back, like all we got to do is get by this round and we're going to get 30 points a game back. Mm -hmm. That that Uh, would be, that would be ideal i think yeah it's all just faith and the clippers haven't given us a lot of reason to have it but <laughs> it, yeah. it is what it is at this point right? yeah um did you have any I, I was just curious like did you have any big lakers thoughts coming out of this game or just kind of like it was a back-to-back for them and it was sort uh, of a climb for them um i did feel like ad and lebron uh, started like in, in regards to the first half, it took them a while to get into the game. I do think it's because they came off the OT game yesterday, and uh, in the second half, it feels like LeBron was starting to heat up, but it felt like the rest of the team just did not catch up with him. And then, you know, Kawhi playing the whole second half, and I, I, I don't know, like, I still think the Lakers could be a scary team. Especially for like I absolutely Nug- agree. I absolutely agree, man. That they, they would be frightening for Denver or Memphis. Yeah, I do think they'll be a scary team. Would do they have enough to get past them in the first round? Yeah, they do. But at the same time, there's a reason why those two teams are on top of the standings as well. So I'm going to respect. I'm going to respect that as well. Um, there, there's also a reason that like how many eight seeds have won like. One, yeah. the Weebly Warriors. Like, has the there been Warriors, another yeah. one? Right? Like, yeah. you know, it just never happens. So, like, we can believe all we want, but yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm with the Lakers. Like the Lakers have had the Nuggets number this year, but we've seen it. We've seen it happen too, where a team has a certain team's number in the regular season, then the playoffs come and the best team wins. So, I I don't know. Like, I I was I was getting a little nervous because I was like, okay, if the Clippers lose this game. And they drop into the play-in, and what's just say the Warriors went out, and then what's just say the Pelican. Like there, I was like, there could right. be, a, there could be a chance we have to meet the Lakers in the play-in, and this is a team I don't want to meet in the play-in. Yeah, on a no one game, way. on a one no game way. elimination. Yeah, I felt basically. the same way. I felt the um, same way. This is a huge sigh of relief. Like this, yeah. like this makes me think like five or six is like 
I feel pretty good. Yeah. As long as we win one of these games or whatever, you know, one of these teams loses. Like, we have two teams that can either lose or we get one win and we're guaranteed. Like, we're we're pretty good now. That was the big one. Right. That was the and the, there is a part of me too, like going back to like which seed do we want. There is a part of me that's like, well, if we just get the fifth seed and just solidify that we're in the playoffs, I'll be a lot more comfortable. But there is that part where I'm like, I do, I I may want to dance with the devil a little bit and get the sixth. Oh, seed. I'm telling you, dude, if yeah. if there if it's available on the last day of the season, you have to do it. You're an idiot if you don't. Like I really yeah. feel that way. Like it, I get it. Like you can't you can't tempt fate now. Like right. they they could have played that game tonight. I was thinking about it, right? Like they could have lost to the Lakers to inflate the Lakers record to give them a better chance to end up in the six seed as opposed to the five seed. Mm-hmm. But you just can't play that game. You can't do you, it. You, you can only do like, it when yeah. it's literally down to this one game, one way or the other. That's the only time you can do it. And, and like what the Blazers are doing right now, I don't think the basketball gods are going to be kind to them. I no. don't. And and I don't like, think they will. But if you and, play it out, you got one game. That's that's you're not cheating the system, dude. Anyone yeah. would do it. Yeah, and. The, the the playoff of that too like there's a decent chance like let's just say we did try to blow the lakers game today we could have gone into the weekend thinking well we have a guaranteed win against the blazers if as long as we play decent amount decent basketball players yeah and then there's a decent chance the suns don't play their starters either but if they do then we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot Exactly. So, exactly. So it's you, too early. It's yeah, yeah. You have to win this game. And to be honest, I think it's a, it's a good win for this franchise. Like we won, what was it, eleven straight on the Lakers yeah, before 11. this game, and then it's now going down as the most important game in the hallway series ever. It for the Clippers to get this game to get this game. It's important for the franchise. Like yeah. especially in a season where. Things are looking a little gloom. We might not make it as far in the playoffs as we thought we would. Going back to this game, it's important. Like so, I agree. And and I think one thing that fans underrate at times, because um, we do a lot for the guy. I will say, like we do everything for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is our guy, and this franchise bends over backwards for him. There's no question. Right. But, you need to do that for a guy like this. Like when we see it on nights like this, like there's a reason why you bend over backwards for a guy like this. And if that means he wants to play these last two games and feel like he's in a good place mentally and he, for him feeling like the five seed feels better for him than the six seed. God bless it, man. Let Kawhi Leonard do whatever the hell he wants to do because that's right. our guy. Like we are going nowhere with like you were talking about like we're not gonna win the championship without Paul George. We're not winning a we're not winning a playoff game without Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. That's the truth, right? Like he is he is our foundation. So whatever he wants to do, whatever makes him feel good about this season, whatever makes the team feel good. I'm all for it, man. Like, as long as they go out and they play this next game hard, go out and win this next game, I think it's probably important to just be able to decide your fate on the last day. 
Mm-hmm. Just go out and win this next game. They're playing a tanking. Is it the Blazers next? I believe it's the Blazers next, but I do get in my own head a lot and think it's the Suns next. But I think the Lakers Suns play the Suns. Suns is the last. I know the Suns is the last. Uh, then we play the Blazers next. Yeah, so so we we have the Blazers on. What's it? It's not like. Then we play. Or it's, a, it's Saturday at one, and then we play the Suns. Sunday at one. Uh, 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 yeah, basically, yeah. Are they both on the road as well? Are those both road games? I believe the Clippers game is at home. I mean, the Clippers, the Blazers games at home. Okay, so the the Saturday games at home, yeah. It's, I mean, to me that that that's the must. It's not a must win. It's not, but it's winning a, it kind of like assures you, like, okay, worst case, we're the fifth seed. The, the, like really, like you can't you can't really go lower than the fifth seed if you win this next game, other than being possibly able to manipulate that last game. But you can't tell. You kind of just have to win this last game and figure it out. To be honest, I'm just asking the Clippers to not Clippers it and make it harder on themselves. And yeah, just win the Blazers game. And then on like, and even if you, for whatever reason, or like, I don't see any reason why Kawhi can't play the full Blazers game because if you make the playoffs, you get an entire week off. Yeah, I think so, he'll probably want to, honestly. Yeah. he's He's been playing a lot of minutes. Um, recently, I actually had this. Okay, I had this screenshot yesterday. Let me read you the the Blazers starting lineup yesterday. It's gonna be good. And a game that they competed in and almost won, which is crazy. And they beat the Timberwolves somehow with this lineup too. Skyler Mays at point guard. Mm-hmm. Shaden Sharp, who that guy is really good. I'm all in on Shaden Sharp. He's yeah. great. Drew Eubanks at center again, a quality center. And then Kevin Knox and a guy named Jeanathan Williams. I'm not saying that wrong. J-E-E-N, Jeanathan Williams at small forward. So, yeah, it's a must-win game. Like, yeah. they are putting out the tankiest of tank lineups. Like, they're not even playing Cam Reddish. That's yeah. how hard they're trying to lose these games. You have to win this game. And if anything... I think the best case scenario is you blow them out at halftime and Kawhi Leonard plays like three minutes, uh, five minutes of the third quarter and doesn't play the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's it. And then we're bringing out Jason Preston and the gang for uh, Sunday. <laughs> that's that's Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm sure the, the Suns will too. I don't think they want to play it out. I mean, maybe I was thinking like, do you think there's a chance that they play KD for like a half there i do think the Suns are going to want to build some kind of chemistry but they might have already felt like what if something happens but yeah they've done that already you have to just be thinking that the whole time right like what if something happens we were thinking about that last season too with paul george right we're like well like and so i think it's the same thing it's just like you know what they're locked in they are three wins they're three wins in front of us right or three losses in front of us right now so they're 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 they're, yeah they're they're not going to play anybody in this i would be shocked the only way i think it would be is if like they're afraid they're going to go rusty for that week so they're going to play half has to be the maximum right like you would I, i can't imagine you'd let those guys play more than a half I would I would put all my money not all my money I'd put some of my money most of my money I guess on no one plays at all mm-hmm. then I'd put some on they'd play at least one quarter yeah and then uh, and then like yeah I guess some would be on half but I don't think they're gonna play at all 
I think that's and, true. And I, and I don't think we're going to play everybody at all, but I do think we're going to play um, some rotation guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Saturday, both... Saturday, I feel like you put out good lineups. You um, possibly put Marcus Morris in there just to see if you can get his legs under him and get him some minutes. If, uh, if Marcus Morris can't do anything against that Blazers lineup... <laughs> right, shut him, right. shut him down play. for the re- shut him down for the rest. Yeah, of the he year. can't play. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like um, he should he should be able to get to his spots. He should be able to do. He should be able to do what he wants on the court. So it's a matter of if he could be efficient and he could guard. I know they're younger players, so maybe he can't guard everybody, but at least show something on the court. Yeah, Shaden Sharp would be a nightmare for him because that guy's quick off the dribble and but, and pretty explosive. Low, but Loki, I, pro- I, pro- I think I, you could. I think you could post that guy up. Like let's. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, and, and low-key i probably don't want morris to go out there looking good because then lou's gonna play him for sure and we don't need I, that I energy feel you, dude. i feel you but okay we, we should probably wrap up soon we're going yeah. long but yeah let me say this one thing he played okay tonight going back to tonight's game was mason Plumley. he was okay <laughs> and he's had a pretty rough stretch do we agree I, I I made a joke uh, earlier that like every time he goes behind his back, the ball always ends up like three rows into the stands. I don't know why. Every time yeah, he does like a behind the back like, dribble, it's like he's gonna turn the ball over. What was his minutes at tonight? I, I would be curious. But but I, I think one adjustment that could be made is just cutting his minutes completely. He played 14 minutes tonight, so like, you know, he wasn't even in the top like what 10 even in minutes for this game yeah i mean he was he was the lowest person beside he was the he was the lowest person who got minutes tonight at 14 um so i think like if you can get marcus morris out there for a couple games and just see if he can hit some threes and also put covington out there and just kind of hope like you can find something with one of them being a small ball five, because I think that's going to end up being what matters like in the playoffs. Like I think Plumlee could end up going down from like even 14 tonight, probably like nine or 10 in the playoffs um, and possibly get cut completely depending on the matchup. Um, And we're going to need one of like, I have been as critical of Marcus as anybody, but if he has one use, it is in those five out lineups where he can hit, you know, big corner threes and really space out the floor really well. And he hasn't been hitting his three ball, right? So hopefully this time off, I know he's been sick, all this shit, you know, whatever. He has a chance to earn a position. I'm telling yeah. you, like, he can be a small ball five still if he can guard. Because five is actually a good position for him in those lineups because he doesn't have to guard out on the perimeter. Like, if you can put him down there sort of down with the big guys that's sort of better for him i think at this point in his career if the three ball is coming around i would prefer covington obviously but like we might need him we might need him i don't know i don't know if lou prefers covington so it's uh yeah i prefer covington too even if for whatever reason morris comes down these two games and he shoots like a 60 percent from the three-point line i'd still probably prefer covington but it's um But I, I hear what you're saying. It's just like he has to, because like he will get bullied in the paint by some big guys. So it's just a matter of like if he could offset it 
Like, you know, he, I always make the joke he, he that Marcus. He has the ability, man. He does. Because we've seen him, like, especially with, like I said, like, not, not like the, like, not the smaller wings, not the Brandon Ingram, but the bigger wings, you know, the kind of like threes who are playing up as fours. Mm-hmm. He's generally done a pretty good job on those guys um, before this year, at least. Um, and I think the moving side to side for him on the perimeter is just it's cooked dude like i don't think he can ever be a perimeter guy ever again like that part of his career is just over yeah and i hear you it's like i do think Plumlee's gonna probably play eight to twelve minutes a night he's probably gonna play a little bit more at the beginning of each series and then it's gonna die down too exactly because there's a chance like we've seen and we've seen Plumlee in the playoffs be a super impactful guy like for the blazers and for denver like at moments like he he can impact a series and come in and like with his energy and like his ability to catch lobs and his sort of playmaking like he can fuck up a game and be awesome but like is he a guaranteed 20 minutes a game no he i don't think so man i don't think so he's there if if zoo were to get in foul trouble and we don't have to play Batum or Rocco at the five. We could have yeah. Plumley play twenty minutes that night because Zoo got in foul trouble. But I, I think he's eight to twelve on average, and then Batum I think will play a lot of small ball five if Paul George is there. If Paul George is not there, then I think it does fall on Rocco. Right, but, exactly. Not having Paul George makes it a lot harder to do those small ball lineups at times. You know, like Terrence probably has to guard up. Like tonight. Shout out to Terrence and shout out to Zoo on Anthony Davis, dude. Like, he's an impossible guard. He's an impossible guard. And Terrence was switching on to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, like, there's nothing you can do, but he did as good of a job as you could oh, hope yeah. his size and, would do. And Zoo was insane on Anthony Davis tonight. Like, he's not going to get the credit he deserves, but he was absolutely incredible on both sides. The foul trouble is the only thing that screwed him tonight, but he was <laughs> incredible. Ty Lue's call to, like, for example, like, it doesn't work against a player who could pass, like, Jokic, but, like, uh, doubling AD today, legit, it only hurt him, like, once or twice, but, like, it was Zoo playing big on the, on the, on the double, and then Kawhi, uh being in a good defensive stance, you know, so it's, like, keeping Anthony Davis and bringing the ball down, but it's also keeping the passing lanes I thought it was an excellent job. Would it work a second time around? I don't know, but I I got it. that's that's going back to Tyler. Actually, like there's no there's yeah. that's gonna work over a whole series. Like there's not right. just like he, he's not he's not Russell Westbrook. Like he's not like a guy you can scheme out because he's just so goddamn skilled. Right. That like he will find a way to to dominate a game and like even tonight like it felt like he was. I don't know, like, okay, right? And he ended up with 11 rebounds, 17 points. He was plus nine. Like, there was times in the second half where I thought he was the best player on the court. So, like, they did a good job with him tonight. But you could see over a series, like, okay, he kind of figured it out even just in the second half. Yeah. You know, so he's he's a matchup nightmare. I I think Lou was just trying to uh, make it, harder on them based based because they played the ot game last night and they're just like we're not going to get make it easy on them to get out of simple situations we're not going to allow ad to just post up whoever and we're not going to allow lebron to just get to wherever he wants to get to in the second yeah. half they figured it out i think they warmed up a bit and it was it wasn't as easy after that but 
Yeah. Um, do you have any more questions before we uh, wrap this up? No, man. I mean, if you want to give me like your final kind of feeling on where you think the Clippers are at after tonight, I, I'm. Yeah, that's that's all my only it, kind of curious is if you're with me or you're maybe a little higher on them. Um, I'm not naive, but I'm hopeful. And you know, I don't think like, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, like I, I like if I was an objective NBA analyst and I just did like a general NBA pod, I wouldn't pick him to win any series right now. But I, like you said, with Kawhi and what we've seen from them tonight, what we've seen from them, I think, what team did they play last week or the week before that they looked really good uh, The first Memphis win was good, obviously. Yeah. Out Kawhi. And then there was another one right before then where the team just looked like, it was another game where it's like, hey, they look, they're flat, they're not playing well, uh, this is frustrating, and then they went up. Maybe it was the second OKC game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that 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 game was classic. Like you got beat on a heartbreaker, and now you're playing that team again. Like you're gonna smoke them. But you're right. Like the the process in that game with the threes was incredible. Like the spacing that uh, Eric Gordon and Batum and Bones Highland and stuff like that. Like the the like going back to like this trade that the the trade deadline moves they made. It, it it's like those are the those are the players that make me go like you know what they can win a few games in a series but then it's also like I'm 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 obviously not gonna pick uh, Eric Gordon and Mason Plumley and Bones Highland over a team that has Devin Booker and KD and stuff like that but also like that's why like I'm kind of hopeful about the Kings game is like uh I mean against the Kings series because I'm like you know what like. Malik Monk could go extremely cold that entire series, you know, or, uh, you know, Sabonis is not the best defender in the league either, you know, like, so if you, if you get him on Kawhi at times, Kawhi is just going to go off for 38 again. Or so it's like, so it's those situations where I'm like, they could maybe get by the Kings without Paul George. And then after that, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, that's extreme. That's being extremely hopeful as well. Right. Cause like if, if you told me it was the Kings versus the Clippers of no Paul George, I'm picking the Kings in seven. Like it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, having home court is big for them, dude. Like that's the thing. Like if, if this were like, we were the the three seed and the Kings were the six seed, of course you choose them. But the fact that they're going to have, you know, if it comes down to a game seven in Sacramento, that's where role players step up. And you're talking about like Malik Monk guys like that, like, at home, mm-hmm. that's what those guys cook, right? So, yeah. so, so like they're unless... scary. They're scary, especially with that home court, man. And they're gonna have home court till the Western Finals, um, in theory, if they if they can get that far. So, they're... yeah, as long I, as... I really respect the Kings, dude. I respect the Kings. I respect the Lakers. Like the media narrative of the East is better is total bullshit. I think. Like, I think the West is actually way deeper. The East has the top teams, but. Dude, like it's a fucking slog out here, man. OKC's tough. Dallas is tough. Dallas isn't in the play-in. We have no Wizards, Bulls level teams in the West. Like, yeah, the West I, is a dog fight, dude. I th- I think like the East, the top teams in the East are going to probably have a smoother route through the first round. But I and the and the but the West, the West has just so much parity this year. And I and we could talk about like it's good. It's not like it's only shitty parody. Like 
these teams are like quality teams, dude. I'm telling you, like, yeah. like New Orleans again, like they were the best team in the West for half the season. You know, like they were really good. Like Minnesota, yes, they've had a, a little bit of an up and down season, but like if you've been watching since Cat returned, they're really good. Like OKC, like we right. we know as Clipper fans, we know how good OKC is. You know, and the emergence of Jalen Williams and. Sacramento, Memphis. I mean, it is like there just is no good answer. And that's without Luca. That's no Luca, no I was, Kyrie. I, I was gonna say, like, we're about to have Luca probably miss the playoffs, and no one would have predicted that. Like we thought he would at least make the play in at the beginning of the season. And there's a decent chance he might not do that. Yeah, so anything's possible because the Mavs could sneak in, they could make it, they could out denver the lakers could denver could run through everybody i think everything is possible so you're what you're saying about like you're not naive but there's hope it's more than just about the clippers it's about the western conference and looking around to being like there's no way you could sit there with a straight face and pick any of these matchups and think like you're for sure like you'd put your life on the line for them because anything could happen because yeah, like we're looking, let's just say the Lakers get the seventh seed and they play the Memphis Grizzlies. There's a decent chance, and let's just say we get Paul George for the second round. If you were to ask me, like I might rather play the Grizzlies than the Lakers in the second round. <laughs> you know, like you know, right. that's just how the West is. It's like you might actually hope the top seeds win because a lot of these uh, playing teams made moves around the trade deadline and have probably better records this point in the season than a lot of these teams in the top six seeds. So it's it's yep. It, you don't want to, you do not nobody, nobody in the world, I don't care what their record is. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody wants to see Dallas. Nobody wants to see Dallas. Fuck right. that. I don't want to see Kyrie and Luca in a playoff series. Like yep. they I just don't. I just don't. And, nobody and, does. And we could we could possibly get Luca versus Denver in the in the in the first round and then Luca and Dallas pull some crazy stuff and they win the series and then they're playing the Suns again. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those <laughs> things. Like Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh all right. On that note, that was the LA Clips Forum. Uh thank you for joining the post game show, Clean. Uh thanks for any- having me on. Yeah, it was is, fun. Is there anything you're is there I know you're you're had some shows recently. Is there anything you want to promote while you're on on the podcast? Nah, man. I mean, I'm just I'm locked in with basketball and baseball season, like you said, just started. So I'm just I'm chilling right now, man. I got. Well, no, you know what I have? I do have one thing to promote. I do, which is this weekend. Um, if anyone is up near Oxnard Ventura area, uh, my band Entry is playing a really cool fest called Rapid Fest. Um, it's like sponsored by Thrasher magazine and a bunch of cool like hardcore punk bands playing all day in Oxnard. Um, so yeah, check it out. Rapid fast. Oh. Check it out. I'm sure the we- I'm sure the weather will be nice. Is it an outdoor event or is it indoor? Um, I think it's like, I think, uh, I think it's outdoor actually. So I think it'll be really nice, like out there, like you know, Sweet. beach area. Um, so yeah, if you're you're out in the area, come hang out. Otherwise, yeah, man, I'm just sto- yeah. stoked on uh stoked on all things clippers right now it's it's yeah. fun to live and die with as, as low as i am on them <laughs> yeah it, it's a it's 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 a, emotionally it's up and down and i usually exactly. just like you know it's like fun, it's we'll, we'll figure we'll figure it out like if paul george wasn't hurt i think i'd be a lot higher on the team but obviously that's just life 
exactly. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, sh- uh, shout no problem. out to everyone in Clipper Nation, man, for real. And and everyone who's listening to this pod, I appreciate you guys because you could be doing anything with your time, but you're spending it with us. Join our Patreon, it's $3, and we're out. <laughs>